Section twenty nine of the Expedition of Humphrey Clinker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Deborah Lynn. The Expedition of Humphrey Clinker by Tobias Smollett. Section twenty nine. To Dr. Lewis. Dear Dick, I shall to morrow set out for London where I have bespoke lodgings at Mrs. Norton's in Golden Square. Although I am no admirer of Bath, I shall leave it with regret, because I must part with some old friends whom, in all probability, I shall never see again. In the course of coffee-house conversation, I had often heard very extraordinary encomiums passed on the performances of Mr. T., a gentleman residing in this place, who paints landscapes for his amusement. As I have no great confidence in the taste and judgment of coffee-house connoisseurs, and never received much pleasure from this branch of the art, those general praises made no impression at all on my curiosity. But at the request of a particular friend I went yesterday to see the pieces which had been so warmly commended. I must own I am no judge of painting, though very fond of pictures. I don't imagine that my senses would play me so false as to betray me into admiration of anything that was very bad. But true it is, I have often overlooked capital beauties in pieces of extraordinary merit. If I am not totally devoid of taste, however, this young gentleman of Bath is the best landscape painter now living. I was struck with his performances in such a manner as I had never been by painting before. His trees not only have a richness of foliage and warmth of colouring, which delights the view, but also a certain magnificence in the disposition and spirit in the expression which I cannot describe. His management of the chiaro oscuro, or light and shadow, especially gleams of sunshine, is altogether wonderful, both in the contrivance and execution, and he is so happy in his perspective, and marking his distances at sea by a progressive series of ships, vessels, capes, and promontories, that I could not help thinking I had a distant view of thirty leagues upon the background of the picture." If there is any taste for ingenuity left in a degenerate age, fast sinking into barbarism, this artist, I apprehend, will make a capital figure as soon as his works are known. Two days ago I was favoured with a visit by Mr. Fitzowen, who, with great formality, solicited my vote and interest at the general election. I ought not to have been shocked at the confidence of this man, though it was remarkable, considering what had passed between him and me on a former occasion, these visits are mere matter of form, which a candidate makes to every elector, even to those who, he knows, are engaged in the interest of his competitor, lest he should expose himself to the imputation of pride, at a time when it is expected he should appear humble. Indeed, I know nothing so abject as the behaviour of a man canvassing for a seat in Parliament. This mean prostration, to borough electors especially, has, I imagine, contributed in a great measure to raise that spirit of insolence among the vulgar, which, like the devil, will be found very difficult to lay. Be that as it may, I was in some confusion at the effrontery of Fitzowen, but I soon recollected myself, and told him I had not yet determined for whom I should give my vote, nor whether I should give it for any. The truth is, I look upon both candidates in the same light, and should think myself a traitor to the constitution of my country if I voted for either." If every elector would bring the same consideration home to his conscience, we should not have such reason to exclaim against the venality of P-T-S. But we all are a pack of venal and corrupted rascals, 
so lost to all sense of honesty and all tenderness of character that, in a little time, I am fully persuaded, nothing will be infamous but virtue and public spirit. G. H., who was really an enthusiast in patriotism, and represented the capital in several successive parliaments, declared to me t'other day, with the tears in his eyes, that he had lived above thirty years in the city of London, and dealt in the way of commerce with all the citizens of note in their turns, but that, as he should answer to God, he had never, in the whole course of his life, found above three or four whom he could call thoroughly honest, a declaration which was rather mortifying than surprising to me, who have found so few men of worth in the course of my acquaintance, that they serve only as exceptions, which, in the grammarian's phrase, confirm and prove a general canon. I know you will say G. H. saw imperfectly through the mist of prejudice, and I am rankled by the spleen. Perhaps you are partly in the right, for I have perceived that my opinion of mankind, like mercury in the thermometer, rises and falls according to the variations of the weather. Pray settle accounts with Barnes, take what money of mine is in his hands, and give him acquittance. If you think Davis has stock or credit enough to do justice to the farm, give him a discharge for the rent that is due. This will animate his industry, for I know that nothing is so discouraging to a farmer as the thoughts of being in arrears with his landlord. He becomes dispirited and neglects his labour, and so the farm goes to wreck. Tabby has been clamouring for some days about the lamb's skin, which Williams the hind begged of me when he was last at Bath. Prithee take it back, paying the fellow the full value of it, that I may have some peace in my own house, and let him keep his own counsel if he means to keep his place. Oh, I shall never presume to despise or censure any poor man for suffering himself to be henpecked, conscious how I myself am obliged to truckle to a domestic demon, even though, blessed be God, she is not yoked with me for life in the matrimonial wagon. She has quarrelled with the servants of the house about veils, and such intolerable scolding ensued on both sides that I have been fain to appease the cook and chambermaid by stealth. Can't you find some poor gentleman of Wales to take this precious commodity off the hands of yours, Matt Bramble, Bath, May 19? End of section 29